right, Bitcoin accumulation country. It's that time of the week. I'm your host, Coin Icarus. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast sponsored by Crypto Cloaks 3D Printing. Check them out for all your 3D printing needs. 3D printing by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. And as well, if you're looking for advice on Bitcoin taxes, maybe you want to get into mining. Maybe you just want to find some, you know, some resources who have been in the space for a while uh, that can help guide you. Well, coinbeast.com has got you covered. Check them out. They've got great resources. You can also schedule a one-on-one appointment with um, one of their consultants. Anyways, coinbeast.com. Check them out. All right, guys. Got a great show today. Sat down with a... You know, I'd say a pretty, uh, you know, pretty low-key pleb. Uh, I'm talking about Hoddle Tarantula, and we talked about, well, his rabbit hole story, and uh, we dug into some aspects of mining as well. Anyways, not going to ruin it for you guys. Sit back. Here we go. Here's my chat with Hoddle Tarantula. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I'm your host, Coin Icarus, and joining me today is fellow Bitcoin pleb and miner. I am talking about Hoddle Tarantula. Hoddle Tarantula, thank you very much for joining me on my show. On my show, man, this is very cool. Oh yeah, absolutely, pleasure. Love your show, and I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you so much. And you know what? Uh, I did not realize this until um, until I asked you to be on the pod, and I was checking out your profile. Um, but you are actually one of the consultants at um, one of uh, my new sponsor. Uh, coin beast so this is actually uh, pretty cool and you um look we're before we get into the mining okay you consult on the mining aspect and we're gonna dive into that but before we get into that um i want to talk about your your rabbit hole story and you know where were you because you guys like certain miners like are interesting like these like you're part of like the natural gas type of miners and i'm excited to get into that so i i want to know before before you got there, you know, where were you before Bitcoin and how did you get here? Okay, so uh, before Bitcoin, I was working as automation robotics uh, technician and uh, team and a lead as a, at the e-commerce uh, a distribution center. And uh, so I, I have a background in the um, distribution of uh, uh, this uh, equipment and uh, warehousing uh, materials and uh, distributed systems and also uh, what it takes to uh, keep these types of systems going long-term. And so my uh, oh, wow. taking to mining was, uh, you know, pretty, pretty easy. It wasn't that difficult, um, but interesting enough, <clears throat> I had always been into computers since I was young and uh, I got involved with, you know, the distributed file sharing and stuff that was all the, Napster, even though that was kind of centralized, it was based on peer-to-peer file sharing and everything. And then I heard about Bitcoin with the Silk Road, but I didn't ever actually look into what it was at its core. I just thought it was just a means of, you know, people to move finance back and forth in a, in a way that was pseudonymous. And I didn't think that to look into it further, I didn't find out till later that, it, it, you know, about the white paper and about the hard cap and uh, all the core principles that surrounded Bitcoin. I wish I had back then because when uh, I had finally gotten, you know, the gall to dig deeper into it, <clears throat> wasn't until a few years after that incident with Silk Road was uh, when I had first heard about it was uh, 
actually through some YouTube shit coinery. I, uh, <laughs> I fell down, I fell down that dirty, nasty hole first. And I was using Bitcoin. And this was in the beginning of 17, like early, early. Like I, uh, I was, you know, found out about the, all the glory that, that those crap caca coins promise. And I was like uh, distracted by that. Right. And, and, uh, fortunately, um, some, uh, regulatory stuff started coming into the wind and, uh, a bunch of those people started to do their exit scams and I jumped out of, thank God I, I, uh, I didn't get burned super bad or anything, but the little bad taste that it did leave in my mouth turned me into an instant maximalist, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So by the end of 17, into the peak of that bull run, I was already jumping into mining because my discovery at that point, like what had came to a head in my mind was that these jerks are only asking for one thing. They want my bit. They want Bitcoin. Like they, when I would go to do anything related to anything in that ecosystem, I have to go take this nasty fiat, buy some of my precious Bitcoin, and then I'd have to trade my Bitcoin for anything else that they that they had to offer. And that was the common denominator there that I, I that quickly came to my attention that. They're not asking for a routing number or a check count number, like any type of credit card number. They just want Bitcoin. And so that's what inspired me to go further into it. Like, okay, there's something about this that's special. Why wouldn't they ask for anything else, you know? And so that's when I really went down deeper into the uh, the Bitcoin rabbit hole, so to speak, and became a uh, Austrian economist and everything else that goes hand in hand with that, you know? Uh, but then, uh, by the end of 17, I had already, uh, went through and discovered that cloud mining is garbage. Uh, You don't want to get involved with that unless, you know, you have somebody that will host your stuff and you know them legit. There is a couple companies out there, but at that point you're not cloud mining. So I, I was fortunate enough to navigate through that without being scathed. And then, uh, you know, I had got my own equipment, uh, and started doing my own mining interim uh had uh you know probably seen pictures i've posted of things as old as r4s which was pre s9 era and uh, then uh i uh, was smart enough to maintain my operation even at a deficit because i knew you know what bitcoin was at its core is freedom and i've had a life that's pretty interesting i've been around different parts of the world and grew up in the caribbean and so I know that, cool. that uh, what it's like to not be able to use your your own money that you sweat and bled for in order to get food, even something simple like food. And you're denied because your money is, is not in your control. And so, I mean, once I got into the Bitcoin rabbit hole, it was full steam ahead. There was nothing that could hold me back from that. Like I said, I was willing to keep my operation going even at a deficit at, at a certain point. And because of my conviction and my experiences in life and how I know that Bitcoin can change for the better, that of my own and everybody else's around me who's willing to embrace it. And so because of that, you know, I chose to keep going, to keep going forward. And thank God I was blessed with uh, meeting my current partner, Marshall, over at uh, Midstream, Midstream Enterprises. Uh, our Twitter handle is at Midstream Co. And uh, I met him... <clears throat> 
through one of my equipment brokers and I found out that this gentleman uses natural gas and to mine. And this was back in uh, uh, late 2019. And uh, so we talked and then uh, I started to work with him. Uh, so, like my whole thing about that was I was running into margin errors with my electrical cost. And as a Bitcoin miner, I'm constantly seeking better margins. And I have family in other parts of the world who was talking about generating electricity off of uh, incinerators at uh, facilities that take refuse and rubbish and that they clean up the area, but then they burn it all. But they burn it, they convert it into electricity. And we were talking about establishing a plant like that over there that would potentially create a means to take trash and convert that into Bitcoin. But, you know, I'm a firm believer in manifestation. I just, you know, put my mind to the grind and was just kind of putting my feelers out there, <laughs> so nice. to speak. And uh, I came across through my equipment broker, my current partner, Marshall. He's our founder and uh, like a genius with uh, coming to be the first mover in uh, gas to Bitcoin. Uh, it, you know, I, I was fortunate enough that uh, I recognized that opportunity that uh, that was there. And, uh, you know, I, I hooked up with him. I said, hey, you know, uh, we're going to do this. And uh, we partnered up after talking and, and it's been off to the races since then. And then that's when I transitioned in 2020. I, I started with him as, as uh, you know, we were doing small production. And uh, <clears throat> then 2021 kicked up and we, we uh, took on and uh, changed everything up, uh, went bigger. We got new CEO. We got uh, expanding now, expansions occurring now, and acquisitions, and uh, and we rebranded to Midstream Co uh, Enterprises at this point. And so it, things are just growing exponentially, uh, and uh, I, I can barely keep up. <laughs> but it's it's been a, a, a long a long uh, rabbit hole ride so far, and uh, it just keeps getting better. <laughs> Man, that is absolutely amazing. Uh, I mean, really, it, it's like, and especially coming from like automation robotics, like that's that that's hilarious. And it sounds to me like you got you got orange pilled by, if I understood correctly, like YouTube shitcoinery. So yeah, it's like yeah, I was it's fantastic. I was, um, yeah, I was like uh, mesmerized by these fake trading algorithms that will grant you yield. And so I was like, Oh, well I know about, you know, and yield off of uh, stocks and, you know, garbage like that. So yep. that might be the same. And, uh, man, I was taken for a ride and, and fortunately I was smart enough to, to, you know, uh, Notice that uh, that smell in the air that I was downwind of was actually caca and not, uh, you know, anything good. So I got out of there as quickly as I could. And uh, I was able to salvage what I had and uh, and actually utilize it in a good way to actually get into the Bitcoin at its core. Because I was having such a hard time buying Bitcoin even at first. Like I, all my bank accounts were getting shut down. Everything was getting, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, canceled. Like my cards, they would stop the transactions on my cards and stuff because they'd say that, oh, this is for your protection that uh, looks like some uh, fraudulent activity. I said, no, it's me trying to buy Bitcoin. And they were <laughs> not about that. So I'd have to go to like these stupid money exchange places and try to get onto the exchange that way and everything. And it was just kind of like a pain in the butt. And I wasn't really into Coinbase. So mm -hmm. I just 
I didn't like them out the gate. And like, as time went on, I just come to realize why even more. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, you know what? It, 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 it's interesting, right? Like that type of experience is just such a bad experience with the legacy system. It's like they, they almost, they, they make you hate them so that you're happy to leave them. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. you won't. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, is like I said before, I have family in uh, all four corners of the globe, literally from the Eastern Hemisphere down to the Southern in Australia, all the way up into Canada and out to California and, and, and back home here and Kentucky. So uh, when I travel and I need to utilize my money, I don't like to have to jump through hoops and to have to improve things into deal with all the garbage that comes with it, especially if I'm just trying to do something as simple as eat, you know, it's absolutely absurd. No, it and, then, and then you got issues where I have family in other countries where the currency debasement is outlandish at its best. And the uh, actual worst things that are occurring is that they'll actually take entire notes, entire denominations of the currency and, and, and make it obsolete and take it out of uh, circulation. Just decide and uh, say that, okay, the cutoff time to exchange it for anything valuable is this day. And if you don't get there by that point, or if you're the last one in line and, and, and they closed out, you're beat. You just lost everything. And Bitcoin is a total game changer in regards to that. Plus the fact that it allows any unbanked person to now come, you know, contribute and, and uh, be involved with commerce at their local level without requiring a bank account is even bigger of a game changer coming, you know, from a place where uh, one in four people do not have a bank account. Yeah. And I'm talking about in the world. <laughs> one in four people in the world do not have a bank account. If you look at the total global population. So Bitcoin is is it's game changing. I find it absolutely insane that um, that we as people accept that a bank can do that, right? Or a government can do that. Just decide that these notes are you know obsolete and make people's money just totally disappear. Like whatever value they've chosen to accrue in that money, just make it disappear. Like that. It, that it's insane. It is. It, it, it is insane to think, right? But you know what else is insane? The fact that people have been getting robbed through inflation uh, for a century now. Uh, and longer, if you look at the different ways that things have happened through history, it's just it's through different methods. It's not necessarily, uh, you know, cash debasement. But uh, uh, and, and people quietly sit by and act like it's normal. They don't question it like. Inflation is not something that has to exist except for in a debt-based uh, system that if you don't keep printing, it fails. And so the, the, the thing that kills me is why is nobody questioning this system? Why, why are we not stepping back a, a, on a global scale and just saying that this isn't working at a fundamental level and there has to be a, a different way? But, you know, the powers that be, that doesn't benefit them, so they will never let that come to light. And I feel like that it's important for individuals like ourselves to get out there and shout it from the rooftops. Oh, yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, it's, it's completely scary. And you know what? Um, the fact uh, that people – I think that people don't stand up against it is because they have learned helplessness. I – you know, like, I, I really think that people just honestly feel 
helpless against the system, and the people who do know that it's a problem are afraid to lose their power. So you kind of have like both of them, you know? I, I tend to agree with you on on that point. Yeah, uh, the individuals who are out there. Yeah, it's and and there's and the other thing is is the people that that are in the position to change. It's not going to benefit them to do so. Uh, but like more to the point where you said that the people themselves. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, they feel like that they can't they can't effectuate change from their level, if that's what you mean. And and to that, I say, vote with your dollar. Go yep. in on Bitcoin as much as you possibly can. Make the rest of them wait for theirs, if you can. And, and, if, and if you can totally get away from anybody who's not in line with your principles, do that as well. And in, in regards to where you spend your money and the people you hang out with. Yep. I mean, in my opinion, it has to be total from like start to end. It can't just be like, oh, you know what? I, I don't uh, agree with uh, unhealthy living and this and that. But, geez, I'm, I'm too tired to cook this. So I'm going to run through Wendy's. That's garbage. That's bull. And that's the type of mentality that, that we're going through right now. When things are hard, people take the path of least resistance, and that leads to weakness. And in my opinion, yeah, we're there. It's sad, but you're right. And, and that's exactly why I force myself to get up at the time I do every day, do my daily exercise, and, and damned if I don't take an ice-cold shower afterwards because, you know what, doing the things that are difficult – first makes everything else in life easy and so that's how i do it <laughs> i like that man I, I i like that and it's absolutely true right um i i've often found that that's a good way to to reward myself is to do all these things that i do not enjoy doing um you know that that have to be done essentially right in order for things to work properly um and i i totally find that you know, it, it over time, you know, life just becomes more enjoyable because those things are just part of a, a well, like it's part of a good rhythm. You know, I get them done. I look forward to the things that I enjoy and it's like motivating. Mm -hmm. Right. It's true. It, 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 it all comes around uh, in the end uh, back to uh, taking care of yourself, you know, and, and being disciplined and, you know, <laughs> damn being trying to be virtuous all the time because that's really difficult in a, in a social uh, justice warrior world where you're where it's it's hard to hold your tongue, you know, uh, but uh, you, you, you got to put in the, the hard stuff first, you know, and, and, and it just seems like we've lost a lot of that today. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Like we we 100 um, percent have had a whole bunch of soft people make weak people. Um, and, and, and now you've got a whole bunch of soft people writing policy, and that's even worse. It's, it's not going to end well long term. I, I just hope that I keep seeing what I have been seeing, and that's Bitcoin-based uh, legislators moving into office. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, uh, like, uh, uh, like what we got going on in Kentucky with uh, Bitcoin mining uh, legislation and everything. 
if we keep moving in that direction, it makes me hopeful. Plus, I mean, individuals like myself and our CEO at Midstream, Kendrick, uh, we actively take and uh, reach out to these legislators with uh, written correspondence to try and help them, ask them what they need for us, from us in regards to support to get things moving in the right direction and to find out what they need, you know, and vice versa so, from us so that, you know, everything can, you know, go in a direction that's favorable for freedom and sovereignty. I like that, man. That is huge. And um, and I don't want to misquote this, but I, I understand that Kentucky has has like a very high unemployment and so this is really, really huge and, and big for that for for that state. Absolutely. And, and like with what Midstream does, taking abandoned wells and putting them, you know, where they would be leaking methane and, and natural gas out and, and essentially costing the county revenue or, or and costing people. People uh, to lose their job because the well's not serviceable anymore or anything like that. Well, by us actually picking that up, we're reducing fugitive emissions, which is natural gas that would leak out. We're actually uh, putting it through a controlled environment back and combusting it to CO2, which is just, you know, uh, it can be used by trees and turned into oxygen, which we breathe. Whereas the methane or the, the CH4 that leaks out is 30% more uh, damaging to the atmosphere and the ozone. And, uh, there's absolutely nothing that converts that into something that can be utilized in a beneficial manner by humanity. So, and aside from that net benefit to the environment, it also, you know, brings money back in for the local municipality in the form of taxes. And it provides jobs to people because we have to have technicians to service generators and equipment. And, you know, also it helps the landowners who would have ultimately had lost their assets in its entirety and, and as, as well as the leaseholder. So it's a net win for everybody across the board. You know, it, it, it really is. Dude. I, I didn't even I didn't even start to ask you about the energy fud and you just completely wrecked it in 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 that response. Like oh. yeah, you just destroyed the energy fud. They're they're supposed to I be to play this beer. They're, they're <laughs> supposed to be telling you how it's gonna destroy it's boiling the oceans and we're all gonna die. You have to stop mining Bitcoin. <laughs> like okay. I, I would say that probably maintaining <laughs> the Bitcoin network is a lot cheaper than maintaining your uh your your fist and stronghold on a fiat legacy system through wars and other forms of horrible oppression. So would you say that, and my, this is my uh, opinion, that it's not just my opinion, people way smarter than me has, have uh, uh, opened this as well, but that Bitcoin, um, the reason why Bitcoin is so heavily attacked is because it's transparent. You know, whereas all these other systems, let's be honest, who's really keeping track of the amount of energy that the war machine costs? I mean, sure, we have an idea how much it costs to power the building, you know, like the Pentagon. We have an idea how much the gas costs, you know, for the, you know, the fuel for all the tanks and, you know, the jets and all of that stuff. But like, think about it, right? Like nobody really keeps a tab on it. But with Bitcoin, it's out there really in the open. So it's easier to attack. And of course, it can make it seem like it's so bad 
But it's really, it's not that it's so bad. It's that we are not asking the difficult questions about the legacy system. And if we are asking the questions, we're not getting the answers. I would concur with that assessment. Um, one, with the transparency, uh, that it, it can be easily assessed in regards to its expenditure on energy. Um, also, uh, to add to that, um, its nature as a decentralized distributed system as a whole, uh, you know, you have uh, that little graph of uh, the not so smart people, Bitcoin, little moon boys at one side <laughs> of the scale and the actual super giga chad brain geniuses at the other end of the scale. And they're talking about, you know, either you think you understand this because you're this side or, or you just really like this because of this aspect. And uh, that always struck me because you, you, you just pretty much explained that like, those people who are that you're saying are super smart that have already broached this subject, they understand that decentralized distributed system nature of the ecosystem. And that also long term, that transparency about its expenditures will actually work in their benefit when it comes to crushing the FUD. So it kind of like they can manipulate the media to send it this way and that way until they can accumulate as much as they feel they need or want. And then it's send it baby. Cause oh, yeah. do you see what I mean? But it, cause that's essentially what's going on right now in today's market. I mean, these people know what, what we have and the really smart people are embracing the FUD in order to position themselves favorably for when it, for when they do send it. You know what? Um, <clears throat> you bring up a very good point. I've had this article, um, a tweet bookmarked for like a week. And it's, a, it's, a, it's essentially showing an article from uh, the early days of the internet um, and a bunch of people, a group, that was explaining how the internet is going to take too much energy and destroy the, wor the world. Okay. So. Yeah, I've heard of that. Right? Like, it, it's, it's. Yeah, this they said that a five megabyte computer or to transfer five megabytes of data takes like uh x amount of people and time and they were saying that by the time that you get to x date the internet would be this big and it would require more potential energy than the whole world could produce something to that effect yeah it's exactly i mean like that that's i mean i shouldn't say exactly but yes that's the summary yes and like that's how sad it is right like we um, we are terrible at predicting the future, okay? We're okay. Now, when I talk about predicting the future, I'm not talking about, like, necessarily two or three years. I'm talking about, like, 10, 15 years out, you know? like. Well, have you read The Sovereign Individual by absolutely. Lord Rees and, uh Okay, so those guys actually seem to be, like, damn time travelers. Yeah, so, this is true. But well, now, so no, what I would lead into with bringing them up, that book up, is to say that the in the, the individual players that are controlling everything behind the scenes and pulling the strings and putting the narrative out there, because 
how many times have you seen Build Back Better mentioned in a news oh article God. or a speech in a different country, in a different world, and a different media outlet that doesn't have nothing to do with any of the ones over here in this place or that place? It is absolutely insane if they think people aren't paying attention. But um, these... These are the individuals that um, can afford to take the brightest minds in the world that would be rocket scientists, doctors to cure cancer and do other things that are amazing and thought to be miracles. They buy those people and they literally stick them in a room and say, we'll pay you more than you'd ever make in any of those fields if you can tell us what's gonna happen next. And they get, they get fed data in a nonstop fashion to analyze and they get paid to figure out what's going to happen next and to, to provide that analysis. In fact, MicroStrategy actually uh, does data analytics and provides, uh, you know, information on what they think potentially could be a good next thing for a company to do. But I mean, the, the players like Soros and, you know, the guys like that at the top, they just straight buy these mines and hold them in their family offices and have them do this work for them. So they were talking about the internet being this horrible thing later, but those people were actually buying up the mines behind it and starting to ask the questions, well, is that company going to be involved with that? Okay. We're going to have to go talk to Mr. Fink over here in BlackRock and we're going to have their, their people tell this bank to go and buy or, or get their venture capitalist uh, operation over here to go and invest heavily large there because they already know what's going to happen. They do. They, they absolutely do. And to your point, those same players, those same players are creating are well, not all of them. Okay. But a decent portion of them are uh, looking at Bitcoin now and are entering Bitcoin or have already entered Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, that's where this coordinated FUD is such a big thing, in my opinion. I don't see any of this as anything more than we got to kick this thing while it's down as hard as we can so that we can try and get a better entry point for the long term. Because a lot of people were asleep behind the wheel on this, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I was. And I think I'm a fairly intelligent individual. But I didn't when I first came across it. I was not smart enough to jump on it or maybe I, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Does that make sense? Like I saw it, but I didn't look at it hard, look at it hard enough and, and I wasn't paying attention and, and I missed that opportunity at that particular point. Fortunately, I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I didn't end up in a place of disdain for it because I used it to get like semi burned on some other nonsense, you know, and I, I actually, saw it as a common denominator and something else. And I, and I delved deeper into it, you know, but not everybody is uh, like that. And, you know, the, the minds who were telling these individuals where to go with their money may have, you know, had a similar experience to myself. And, and now they're finally waking up and saying, Hey, that thing is uh, not uh, as it was before. In our opinion, uh, we apologize, but like Warren Buffett said, we fucked up and missed the boat on this when it comes to like Apple and Amazon and all of them. Well, those guys at least have enough uh, common sense to admit where they're wrong and to go back and, you know, say, Hey, we need to do this. Whereas 
people like Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, who I've lost all respect for, honestly, lost all respect for their decisions on future investing because honestly you literally admitted you're not willing to learn new things in order to further your investing that's that's sad but hey you know it is what it is i i I don't have to uh put my money with them so (laughs) thank god (laughs) but uh yeah so now now that these people are waking up they got they got to come in so why not kick it as hard as you can while it's down and use every le- pull every lever you can and push every possible button and 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 launch every nuclear code you got at your dis- at your uh, disposal to 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 decimate this thing so that you can pick up the pieces yourself and, and you know what i'm saying oh yeah absolutely you know 100% and i want to go back to something that you said about charlie munger what is very scary is the fact that he completely understands that Bitcoin enables freedom and he willingly does not want to take part because it enables freedom. He, they want censorship money. They believe, this is how, and I don't know if they actually believe it, but what they say in public, right? Is that, oh, well, no, you know, Bitcoin enables terrorism and, you know, Bitcoin enables crime. Like the U.S. currency enables the most crime in the world. Okay, so th- there's none of that. Oh. Like there's none of that bullshit. So th- they, they shouldn't even start that. So the, they, they are for this censorship money, but their censorship money is used to do exactly what they claim that Bitcoin does and why they don't want to use Bitcoin. So they're well, completely and, psychotic hypocrites. And another point to that is that uh, every time there is massive money printing and and people go to start asking like what the banks and other individuals are doing with it, you know, they have they have laws put in place that prevent the citizens from actually finding out what's going on with all the money. Yeah. Bank secrecy acts and all kinds of stuff like that. Like what is the deal here? You can't. Well, this goes back to what we were saying before, where the people don't feel like they can effectually make a change from their level anymore. I mean, that's wrong, though. And, 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 and it's wrong because I've been in other places in the world where I've seen people actually gather in mass and effectually make changes at a government level. But you won't see that here on the news in the United States, I've noticed, because that would actually give people hope that they could change out some of these ratty 40 year career politicians that are actually just sucking the system dry and uh, helping to pass laws for lobbyists that do not have our interest in mind. It's disgusting. I concur. Oh my gosh. It, It really is. And you know, we'd like to believe that everyone's waking up, right? Like slowly. But sometimes you, you really wonder, you know, you some really- are, but then some are getting their heads buried deeper and deeper into the sand. It seems like at the same time. Oh yeah. It's uh, anyways. Okay. Hold on. We're going to, we're going to switch gears a bit from this because I wanted to really, okay. I wanted to talk to you about the mining. Okay. Because yeah, man, I so- love talking mining. Something I wanted to understand is this. Okay. So do you guys like what exactly like, try to like i guess like explain it to me like what do you guys do exactly is it a device that you hook to a well that converts the energy and you have a miner on the other side like 
paint the well, pic- paint uh, the picture for me. It's a uh, it's a hard job, my friend. Uh, Bitcoin <laughs> mining on on gas, flared gas, abandoned gas wells, flared gas wells, mining Bitcoin off grid on flare or or abandoned gas is hard, my friend. Uh, it's roughneck work. Period. Uh, you have to go out there into the field, identify the gas well or the flare. Uh, make sure that your pressure is positive, uh, going to support the equipment that you're going to put on the actual pad, which is the, where the gas is coming from and, and sourced. Uh, you know, so what you then do next is after you've sourced that uh, energy, you bring in a, uh, a generator, multiple hundreds of kilowatts, like half megawatt, one megawatt uh, generators, right? Uh, these generators are continuous duty and... Uh, they're made to run nonstop, okay? Uh, so we'll run off and uh, make sure that we can uh, source a, you know, the proper size generator depending on what our well is gonna produce. And then uh, after that, we'll, we'll test that piece of equipment and for a little bit, make sure that everything's functional with it, no problems. Uh, then, uh, so that will also come with its own uh, generator head uh, for, you know, pr- producing the electricity. Yeah. And so, Sometimes you'll have to uh, set the generator up yourself, uh, but sometimes they'll come in wired up and everything already. Uh, so sometimes you'll have to get your hands dirty with that. And, you know, it's a little electrical engineering work with that, but it's not nothing new to us uh, in, that, in that respect. Uh, then uh, after that, you know, we, we actually build our data centers at Midstream in-house because like, we're vertically integrated in that respect. Uh, so that we don't have to wait on, you know, suppliers or other anybody else. We just we build our own data center at that point. And then uh, next is fun part, uh, cable management and uh, uh, setting up everything in regards to uh, the miners, which are, are fun. Sometimes they're, uh, you know, five, <laughs> five kilos, 10 kilos. Sometimes they're. Uh, 15 kilos if you're going with like the M30s, <laughs> and so that, so the, yeah, that that'll get your uh, that'll get you into um, muscle building mode right there. So uh, that's that's another part of the hard work. So because <laughs> uh, you're actually out there running all this equipment and you're doing it, and you're not. It's not like there's pavement, you know. It's 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 rock, gravel, dirt, yeah. and then you got the day. But then you're moving it in and out of the data center. I mean, it could be 100 degrees. It could be 30 degrees because we're doing this all year round. In the winter, in the rain, it doesn't matter. You got to be willing to go get dirty and go get wet, period. You got to go get your fingers frozen off. And you got to go get melted in the sun. And you got to be willing to just go out there and face the elements and, and pretty much do what's necessary to ensure the security and freedom of our future man i love it i've never heard the uh the process explained like that that is like i could tell that you're ultra passionate about it man that is awesome um, dude i love it are you are you kidding i can when tell i go and i try <laughs> to like send money to my family because they need help and they can't get it or if i'm hungry and i want to eat and i'm denied i'm absolutely uh, Woof, we're so on fire upset about that, that, that we're willing to do anything and brave the harshest of all elements in order to promote the freedom that is Bitcoin. Oh, dude, man, I, I absolutely love it. Um, okay, so let me ask you this, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but the whole time I was listening to you, it got me thinking. 
I'm like, okay, what is the most, what would you say is um, like the most expensive uh, part of this whole entire process? Like, is it necessarily the parts? Is it like locating the right well and doing all that testing? Like, is it like, what, what would you say it is? Um, well, I would say that, uh, this, okay. So there's a couple different aspects that are equally as difficult. Uh, so, uh, you got building and des designing and building a data center from scratch. That is difficult. Like to make it in a manner that can't be beat by anybody else's standards because it is uh, being manufactured by somebody who was first mover in the industry, like my partner, Marshall, uh, at Midstream. Uh, he's the brains behind putting together our, our new uh, our new series of data center. And this putting this thing together has taken uh, mountains of hard work. I'm talking boatloads. Sheet metal fabrication it's and, and everything, cable management to the hill. It, the guy is an absolute beast, and that is hard work. Uh, the other thing that's difficult uh, would be set, like ass assembling, like putting in, like putting the data center this deployment. Uh, yeah. You gotta you gotta get it out there, and then you gotta fill it with equipment, and that is. That's tedious, and that's that's very you know physically demanding work. Uh, I mean, after that, it's just you know you plug them in and you program your pool at that point, and uh, so uh, and then you just do remote management. Sometimes you get uh, mental uh, work that that can be tedious and hard, but um, with with building a data center and deploying you are doing mental work and physical work that's both tedious and hard so that would be my answer to that i i feel also like from what you're explaining i feel like it's like in terms of the deployment because i've been on those roads that you're talking about i've i've been out to areas like this because of my the the work that i do which is not related to bitcoin in any way um but it has to do with physical uh, security and there are uh, certain th these kind of like these wilderness anyways, these types of areas that are incredibly difficult to get to. Like there are no roads, no real roads going there. It's like these giant tractor roads, you know, yeah. like where um, and it's interesting. So I could see that as being like a very difficult aspect to get the data center out there. So I'm assuming that like you have to build these things to withstand any kind of uh, any kind of weather because you could, you know, like you could be installing one anywhere. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, the other thing is, is uh, they have to. uh they have to be able to withstand getting to the location. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, in some instances, the roads are deteriorated uh, or they're, like you said, they're old tractor roads or or they're not roads at all. We've just blazed a path out there and now we're using it and it's turning into a road. And so you have a terrain that to mitigate something that that's, essentially, 
you know, 15 by 40 feet <laughs> or 20 by 40 feet, depending on, you know, the different models. Cause like I said, we build our own data centers and so they vary by size. Uh, but you know, getting it there, structural integrity, you got to make sure that everything's kind of maintained by the time it gets there as well. Uh, th then there's also a couple locations that I, that I serve, that we service that, uh, you can't get a shipping container or anything like that or, or anything large out there. And, and we actually end up having smaller, uh, a smaller build made manufactured and, and put together and we'll take it out there on these small little, uh, uh, load mules and we'll, uh, we'll push them out there like that because you ain't getting no truck out. Like you're not going to get a tractor trailer to pull something out to these places. <laughs> they have to literally park and then they have to unload the, you know, the, the building and then they have to put it on these little tiny, uh, walker mules and, 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 and get it through the trail out to the, to the, to the gas well. <laughs> Holy shit. That is like, I mean, that, that is totally awesome. You know, like I, I never, uh, I never, um, heard, uh, these kinds of stories before in terms of, in terms of mining. And that's, that's really incredible stuff. Um, oh yeah. Like last winter was great fun. We had uh, a DC that uh, went offline and, uh, and I had a couple miners that I'd repaired. I needed to also deploy. And so I decided well, I'm just going to go down there anyways. And it, it had, we had an ice storm, right? And, uh, my partner says, Hey, well, you know, well, there's some trees down out there. Uh, you know, maybe just wait till the, the next day or something. We'll have a couple guys go out there and, and, and get them trees out of the way and then everything will be good. Well, I uh, got an itch and uh, went ahead and threw the chainsaw in the back of the pickup truck and got in the rig and went down to the to the site. And, well, we had about 100 yards of trees down, oh probably about God. 14 trees. And uh, the, um, yeah, uh, the, the first part of the morning was cutting and clearing uh, and uh, keep trying to keep your fingers from falling off. And, uh, then, uh, the rest of the afternoon was setting up and deploying the miners. Uh, but fortunately my wife was, uh, you know, she was with me that day. She said that, uh, she, she actually didn't have to go to her Fiat mining job uh, <laughs> because yeah, well the weather, the snowstorm and the ice storm was so bad. They told her that don't come in and, uh, well, I have a four wheel drive and, and Bitcoin mining is three sixty five you know, 24 seven, ain't no stopping it. So I told her we got to go. And uh, so she's like, oh, it's not safe. I don't want you to go. And I was like, well, if you were worried about me, you can come with if you like. And, uh, I threw, uh, I threw a little survival kit, you know, cause you're going off grid like that. And uh, you're going to be a mile or two off the main road and you're out there in the ice. You want to make sure that yeah, you got fire ability and everything else if you get stuck. But fortunately we didn't get stuck out there. Nothing. It was just real, real slippery. And, uh, you just make sure you don't slide down the side into the bankment or something. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we made it, but yeah, it was a ice road trucking that day. <laughs> it's, it, man, it's, it's totally insane. You know, like it's like all this and it's, it's worth it. You know, like this is what, this is what people don't get, you know, like this is part of the proof of work. You know, like, look at the, like, literally the, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears that is going into people trying, you know, working at having a better base layer of money. Absolutely. And just like I said before, you got to be willing to do whatever is necessary. 
when it comes to promoting freedom and sovereignty. Yep, I, I totally agree, man. A hundred percent, dude. This has been uh, this has been really cool. Uh, you coming on and uh, talking about all this, I I really, um, you know what? I'm totally looking at mining in a different way. So I I really appreciate it. And you know what? Why don't you, uh, man, shill your stuff for the uh, for the listeners, you know, or leave some uh, some final thoughts or both. Oh, oh yeah, man. Uh, I, I absolutely loved uh, talking with you. Um, it's uh, cool. Okay, one one thing. Uh, everybody got to check out the uh, Bitcoin swag meme merch shop that uh, they can find at my Twitter profile at Hotel Tarantula. Uh, also, if you if you're a pleb and you want to get into mining and, and you're not sure, I, I'm consulting all the plebs out there. If you need it, uh, you can find me at Coinbeast Media. Uh, Coinbeast. Uh, that also link is in my profile. And then go and follow Midstream Co. on Twitter at Midstream Co. Uh, that's where you can find what Midstream's doing and and how we're making moves towards the future and securing Bitcoin's freedom and sovereignty. Totally amazing. And we are going to put links to all of that in the show notes as well. Bitcoin Tarantula, thank you so much, man. This was very cool. Yeah, man. Hot Tarantula all day. Just going to say, stay pleb. <laughs> Cheers. I hope you guys enjoyed my chat with Hoddle Tarantula. His contact details will be in the show notes. And of course, if you want to reach me, Twitter or Telegram, I am at CoinIcarus. If you want to shoot me an email, I am CoinIcarus at funwithbitcoin.com. Thank you all for listening. Catch you all next time. 